Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is sponsored by MyLit daily online yoga classes. LIT stands for Lara's Yoga Training. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from my experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my LIT yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams. So you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today, I have a super special guest. Her name is Leslie Murphy, otherwise known as Leslie Ann Murphy, or on her blog, The Road Less Traveled. She is a travel journalist, TV personality that was on The Bachelor. She's an amazing human being. I met her in Aruba at the Island Yoga Teacher Training, and we just really clicked. And I love this adventuresome, beautiful, kind of charismatic, doing something different. She really is walking the path that's less traveled. And so I talked to her all about that and much more on this podcast. So tune in and enjoy my interview with Leslie. Welcome, Leslie. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. It's This is actually the first time I've done something from a distance, but I do wish I was right here with you. And fortunately, we get to see each other. So good to see you. Last time I saw you, I met Leslie in at Island Yoga Teacher Training um, that I am a co-teacher at with uh, Rachel Braven in Aruba. And Leslie was there and that's where we met. Yeah, we did. And what I would do right now for a Lara dance party in the Lunashala. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right now. I know. I, would I know. That. It just uh, heightened everything and it was so great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank- oh my God. Dancing is the best. Dancing is the best. Um, so what what have you been up to since then? We'll backtrack in a minute, but like what's going on since then? That that was a big 
moment in your life? It was. I will forever think of yoga teacher training as a, a turning point in my life, I think. It was, it was big and I had no idea how big it would be until after the fact and after I processed everything because it was so much more than yoga. Mm-hmm. So much more than yoga. And since then, I've done a lot of travel because that comes with the job of being a travel blogger. Uh. I have fallen in love. Uh, yeah. And it's a new year. I, I can't believe it. 2019. I have a good feeling about 2019. A really good feeling. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, when you think about the future and this new year, do you like create visions for yourself? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, as a try, yeah, yeah. I like that. I um, I go into every near new year trying to name it without, of mm. course, knowing what's coming. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example. I think a couple, a few years back was the year of yes, where I said, I tried to say yes way more than no in life. And, and then it was the year of growth, which, um, I really kind of wanted for my business, but (laughs) the universe gave me something completely different. And, um, it was the year of growth, meaning like my chest, (laughs) because I got a double Mm -hmm. mastectomy, and then of course had a reconstructive surgery. So I thought that was really funny because as, as much as I, you know, try and manifest something. The universe is going to give you whatever it gives you when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then last year was the year of passion. And that was, that tied into so many professional and personal pursuits. And then this year is the year of roots um, because I, I've struggled so much with how much I travel, mm-hmm. work, and, and trying to have a home base. And I, I can imagine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't had a home base in three years, um, until two months ago. Wow. 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 Cause what you do, um, Leslie travels all over the world. I mean, it's crazy and she gets to blog about it and it, it looks fabulous, but I can understand no matter how old you are or how much you love traveling that there are, there is a longing for, yeah, like literally putting your roots down and well, where do you see that happening? Or are you just going to kind of let it unfold or that's, I think that's has always been the problem because I don't see really anything. I can't foresee no one place feels like home to me. Everywhere feels like home in a sense. And I, I think this career path has a lot of pros and cons. And in a way, it's ruined me a little bit because I don't feel... I, I guess the one place that makes me feel at home is Arkansas where I grew up. But I don't think you know I want to make that my home as I grow older. It's right. wonderful to grow up there. Um, but I don't foresee that for the rest of my life. And so it's hard to pick a place because LA, I'm in LA now and it doesn't feel like home. It just feels like home for now. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Home for now. Yeah. I, I think that, um, and maybe this will change because now you have a love in your life. And I'm sure that um, at some point, there's going to be a decision that needs to be made where you're going to have to like be more grounded because that's where you can let the love really bloom. And I know like when I left, you know, we're both Southerners. I left North Carolina. I felt the same way. I was like ready for something different. And I knew that I loved it so much, but I wasn't, that wasn't where I was going to, you know, live my adult years. But I do feel like you find your roots with other things too. Like like the people that are they're sharing the life with. So I 
I, you'll have, I, I think that you're, you're, I could see this year being hugely uh, growth oriented in a variety of ways. I hope so. this, this new boy and everything. Yeah, I know. And, and now are you, I know you're traveling. Are you able to practice yoga when you're traveling? Is that, are you trying to teach it all? Do you have, are you doing that, the teacher training as for you or also as a potential profession? So many good questions. I've been practicing yoga for about eight years now. I love it. And I wanted to do yoga teacher training for a couple of different reasons. I wanted to go deeper into the practice and really gain a better understanding than just the fitness aspect. Because that's originally Mm -hmm. what got me into yoga, but I knew it was so much more and it absolutely is. And then I also wanted to get certified as a teacher because I've always wanted to take group trips around the world, take a group of people abroad. And I wanted yoga to be a part of that. And I finally manifested it and and created it last year in October for the first time. Um, after. Wow. So I do. So that was like your first retreat, my first retreat. So (sighs) I do teach, but not on a regular basis because my schedule is so crazy. Mm -hmm. But another goal of this year is to do lots more yoga pop-ups around the country. I think that's amazing. And and people will respond to that, that you, you're able to do that because of your platform where you could just be like, hey guys, I'm coming to so-and-so country and we're city and, and I want to teach. And I think people, and that'll just be fun for you. Like so fun. Yes. But I think with that and with travel means it's super hard to have a consistent practice. I say, I'm going to do it every day. And it just, you know, something comes up and it just doesn't get done. And and that's why I think it's super important to have um, a really strong home practice. Mm, so much so. Yeah. You- do you find that, um, you know, as a physical therapist and movement mm-hmm. educator, yoga teacher, one of the things that I often hear people ask questions are about how do you maintain a consistent movement practice. It might be yoga. It might be different stuff when you are traveling or when you have like a job that has, you know, different hours or something like that. Um, What have you found? Do you have kind of like some non-negotiables in terms of your own movement practice? I think that non-negotiables, it's like, I'll sit there and I'm like, I don't have time to do yoga. But if I, even without a mat, if I just drop from you know the table onto the floor and do even if it's just five minutes of stretching mm-hmm. yoga that gets my body moving, which is which is the goal, the end goal. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it doesn't get done every day, but even if it's just five ten minutes, I've learned that that's so much better than nothing. Uh, oh yeah. And, and how about what, like what like when you're in your you've landed in your place? Do you walk a lot? Do you feel like that's like, like, what are your, what are your kind of um, to do's when you go and travel mm-hmm. in terms of that's, that's yeah. a good way to beat jet lag is just movement, but yeah, walking in the city, going to run, even if it's like the gym treadmill, doing yoga in the hotel room. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh. I mean, I know I love that word movement. I know you do too. I mean, it's all about it. <laughs> You're all, <laughs> all about it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I like it too. I don't, I'm not really great at being still. Oh my gosh. When I had surgery last mm-hmm. year, it was everything I could do to like learn peace and stillness. 
Mm. And so, yeah, I think I don't spend a ton of time in hotel rooms. And so that's hard when I'm, you know, on a, on like a um, hotel group job or campaign. It's like, you got to stay there and you got to really dig into the hotel. But I'm huge in seeing, you know, everything outside the hotel. Um, Yeah. But I think where I struggle, especially in home practice, I, I feel like I get stuck in this rut and I'm not creative. And that's where I think of you and how you're so inventive with your flows and your sequences. And so I kind of try and channel back there into the Luna Charlotte in, in Aruba where, you know, you told us like, you might just be sitting at your breakfast table every, you know, one morning and your husband comes in and he's like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm just making sequences. <laughs> I record that and I'm just like, that is so cool that she loves it so much that she'll just take time to write different sequ- sequences down. And that's what mm-hmm. I've, I've done that a few times where I've just pulled out a notebook and I'm like, okay, I got to ch- channel Laura right now. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's so great. That's so great. And that's, that's where a lot of this starts is you think like, what does my body feel? It's really an investigation. And I think when we get to know our bodies and our spirits, we feel like we're, it, everything becomes clear, like our choices, you know, and, and it, and um, when we're clear about like, oh, this is what I'm feeling right now that I need. And it could be that just a simple roll of the shoulders or like, I've got to do something bigger. I've got to break some sweat. You know, when you have a lot of stuff on your plate, it's like freeing yourself of that is three movement is a great, um, great way. So, well, I'll give you some more drills. Don't worry. I love the drills. I love them. I just, I know you, you, you're strong. You're strong. And I love your handstands and all that. I'm speaking of movement. Um, and you mentioned your surgery, like you, for those of you who don't know, you've chosen this path of um, prophylactic surgery. And can you talk a little bit about that and, and what that has meant for you and how it's changed, how it's empowered you yeah. by making a choice that, of course, is difficult? Absolutely. I have so much to say about that. And like I said, with yoga teacher training being a turning point in my life, that was a huge turning point in my life when I had the prophylactic double mastectomy. Um, and can you back it up a little bit for anybody that might not know, like, how did you, was there cancer in your family and how did, is that how you've detected it? Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2014, found out and immediately had uh, a double mastectomy herself. She's doing really great today, but because she was diagnosed that led my two sisters and I to get tested for the BRCA gene, which is the gene mutation that gave her cancer. And mm-hmm. so my older sister tested positive, my younger sister tested negative, and I was the tiebreaker and went in and tested positive towards the beginning of 2017. And 40 days later, I was on an OR table having my breast removed. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was a huge decision. I mean, I'd never had surgery before. That was my first ever surgery. And I got the call from the geneticist. Um, that I was positive for the gene mutation while I was on the way to my annual gynecology appointment. So I knew, I knew I'd have somebody, an expert in the field to sit down with right then and there. Um, and she kind of got the ball rolling for me. She said, you know, if it was me and I was potentially, you know, sitting on something that was cancerous, I would want to kind of do something about that. And I said, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't want to be where my mom's sitting right now. Um, mm-hmm. so, and then that was kind of it for me. Um, because there's really two options. 
there when you you test positive and you can even, you can either do surveillance, which is, you know, doctor's appointments every six months with MRIs and ultrasounds and mammograms, or, uh, you can go ahead and do the surgery, which is a, which is a big deal. I mean, a lot of people think that's, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe too much. Um, I've gotten a lot of, a little bit of negativity about that because it, it can be such a um, interesting kind of debate, but you know, I stand and, and I've never felt, I came out of there never feeling so empowered before. It, I, I was going to say like making a decision like that for me, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I see no argument the other way. It's like life certainty versus living. I mean, cause what, what year it could do to your brain and your spirit and your emotional state to always have that kind of low reserve of anxiety Absolutely. is much more damaging I agree. than removing a body part that is replaceable. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, it's a, a challenging choice, but it's also a clear choice. I think if you want to live in that like where you are now, where you're in like adventure and you, and like, we're, I mean, life has so many other things to worry about. Like, why are we going to add that on there? I agree. And And I believe that kind of energy can have its own true disease. Absolutely. And if I learned anything from that experience, you know, I learned that cancer knows no age because the story started rolling in and, you know, so many 20 somethings or teens we're sending in messages in their stories being like, oh yeah, I was diagnosed too, or I'm, I'm, I just positive for the same gene, same gene. And I don't know if people are, women are getting more comfortable telling their story or if more and more people are coming down being diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah. It's, an interesting it's a huge percentage in the United States. No. Huge. I know. But it's crazy. We have come so far with research and Mm-hmm. than we have um, in years past. So it's a good thing. Yeah. And you know, you you didn't ask for it, but you've become this beautiful, amazing, empowered spokesperson for people. And what, is, what does that feel like? I mean, does that is that a job that you um, are enjoying? I, yeah, you're right. I never asked for it, but I, I, I absolutely love it. I, like I said, it, it, it really changed my life. I remember making a decision to kind of put it over social media and my blog or not. And, you know, I was kind of like, well, I'm not going to be traveling. And if this can help one person, then that's cool. I've, I've done, I've done something good. I've done a good job. And I had no idea the impact it would have and the stories that would roll in. And that I think is the coolest thing is Knowing that sharing your story and being open and vulnerable saves lives. Like yeah. that is the fun. That's incredible. I just got the chills. <laughs> ah! Yeah, it's so right. It's so so, so amazing. Other stories from women who, you know, are like, "Oh my gosh, thanks for sharing your story." Now I'm sharing mine, and it is so empowering, and I feel so good about that. And that's the coolest thing. That's incredible. So you found this out after. 
you were on The Bachelor, which like, it's funny when I met you, I didn't know anything about <laughs> about this. And it was like, we were on like the last day and somebody's like, well, yeah, you, she was on The Bachelor. And I was like, oh, what, really? <laughs> like, it was just so funny. Not that I had any idea about what anybody on The Bachelor would be like, because I actually have a really good friend who is on um, Joe Millionaire and she actually won Joe Millionaire. But yeah, so, and I didn't know her when she was doing that. I was, I didn't watch that show, but I saw the impact it had on her life. It, like, like, in the years afterwards. Um, so tell me, like, let's back that up. Like, how did you decide to do that? That's like, Gosh. what a fun thing. You know what? It is a fun thing. And I don't think, you know, every contestant can say that, but I really have loved my time on the franchise. And um, it all started back in, I'm going to age myself back in 2012. That seems like a freaking decade ago. I guess it kind of is. <laughs> and um, I was living in DC at the time, in Washington, DC, working in politics. And my boss just so happened to be gone that day. So I was perusing abc.com as you do and a banner popped up and it was like, apply to be on the next bachelor. <laughs> and I had always watched the show with my mom, but never mm-hmm. once was like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of those girls one day. Like I never thought about going on the show, but then this, this ad came up and it was like, fill out the application online here. It took 10 minutes, thought nothing of it. Two days later, I got a call from the producers and and, and they were like, Hey, this is Ashley from the bachelor. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I did apply for that show. Like, <laughs> That wasn't just a moment. <laughs> and the application process was crazy and long. And, you know, we got to finalist weekend and I was like, Oh my gosh, am I really going to do this? And I think I, I, I thought I was going to regret it more if I didn't do it than if I did do it. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a good head on my shoulders and that, I would not be the villain of the show. So I did it. And I really liked Sean. Sean Lowe was the um, Bachelor of My Season. Blonde guy, Dallas, Texas, great personality. We obviously are not together. (laughs) He ended up being my best friend from the show. He he ended up becoming that? Or no? He ended up marrying my best friend from the show. Oh, he did? I was a bride at a wedding, which was slightly weird. And um, (laughs) he and I have the world record for the world's longest on-screen kiss. <laughs> There's, that's a thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh my gosh. That's crazy. Was he a good, was he a good kisser? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. It, no, it was the, it no. was the worst thing. We had to stand there with our lips touching mm-hmm. and like, we tried to make it, you know, interesting and our lips separated and we had to start all over again. So we just stood there, lips touching, no frills, no nothing. And, um, finally got there. <laughs> no, it was. Oh my it, God. Right. <laughs> it, is it a weird, is it weird to like have this like accelerated experience of getting to know somebody and, and, and all that comes with that? Like, um, because I've, you know, we, I think like traveling, sometimes you can meet somebody like, you know, they've had movies about it where you meet somebody and you have this like, 12 hour bonding and you're like, my God, I could fall in love with this person or, and this is kind of like that simulated same type of experience where you get a sense of this really, yeah, like accelerated falling in love. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're so right. And that's where I think the disconnect is for a lot of couples because they're in this magical fairy tale setting and everything's curated for them and everything's beautiful. And of course it's the perfect setting to fall in love. And then the camera shut off. And then mm-hmm. you go home and things become a real for the first time. And right. th- therein lies the disconnect, I think. And, and that's why I think, unfortunately, a lot of couples 
separate in the end. Um, that happened to me last year um, when I went back on Winter Games, and you know, I'd taken such a long break from the franchise, um, from the Bachelor. So when wait, when you get in the franchise, when you talk about it like that, is it kind of like you're like that's the family, like you have a family there, kind of thing? Yeah, I love it. Like it's called Bachelor Nation. <laughs> That is amazing. I had no idea. I'm really clueless about this stuff, but that's really, that says a lot for their brand that they're, that they uh, stay connected, that the women who want to stay or the men that want to stay connected, stay connected in they such do. a they, organized way. They do. Um, it is a big family, but I, you know, over the past, I took a five-year break till going back on the show for Winter Games last year. And so I was traveling all over the world and was honestly pretty disconnected from the franchise I watched here and there when I could. But yeah, and so then I went back on TV and kind of thought that things were the same, things remained the same as the first go around. Um, things had changed dramatically. I mean, I think a lot of people will go on that show now for fame or social media numbers. So it's, it's a bit of a different thing when I went on in 2012. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so I was a little blindsided, I think, by the intentions from yeah. people. And um, I learned a lot about myself going back on TV. So I went on there being like, I know who I am. I'm 30. I'm an independent woman. And I came off there like not really knowing myself, having kind of lost myself a little bit. And and so then, you know, I went to Aruba, did yoga teacher <laughs> training, cleared my mind. It was amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and now I'm dating somebody not at all affiliated with the Bachelor franchise, and it's beautiful. <laughs> That's incredible. Okay, so I'm also fascinated, like, with all these women living together. Yes. So, how is that? Is there is there a, um, at all a feeling of sisterhood in that, or is it more dramatic, like kind of drama in a bad, not in a, in a negative way? It's interesting. I think. Their sisterhood after the fact, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. um, Bachelor Nation uh, loves each other, you know, after the season um, kind of wraps. But I think when the cameras are on, you're in, and you're on the Bachelor, not you know, a spinoff such as Winter Games. You're you're on the Bachelor in the mansion with twenty five to thirty women. It's ultimately a competition, right? Yeah, so, yeah, it is. I know it is kind of a weird concept. Oh, it's a totally messed up concept. (laughs) But I think if you're like you and you're confident and you have a good attitude and kind of know, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to come have fun and I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah. And I, I really liked what I saw from the guy who was, who ended up being my bachelor. And I know that the process works because it's worked in the past. It worked on my season for my Mm -hmm. good friend. Um, and so I believe in it, uh, but you know, I, I know it works, but for the, you know, I don't know. There's also a lot of cons in the way they go about it with, you know, the magical environments and everything. Um, but I, yeah, I think when, when we're filming, when there's 35 women and estrogen in a room together, there's that's, that <laughs> what is what makes for good TV. <laughs> exactly. That's what goes down. And I'm sure they edit it accordingly. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So from that time, which was six, seven years ago to now, how have you seen, I mean, I've been out of the dating world for a while, but how have you seen like the way dating and social interaction has changed? I mean, you met, 
your boyfriend now from your travels? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I met him on Instagram. So perfect setup for your question. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I, a good friend of mine actually put us in touch and I, I needed my drone fixed. Um, The camera was broken on it. And so he said, this, there's this expert drone pilot in LA. You should DM him, direct message him on Instagram. And I did just that. And he was like, you know, I don't have anything going on tomorrow. I don't have a shoot. If you want to come over, I'll take a look at it. And I walked in through the door. The guy's making homemade pesto and he's super cute. And immediately I was like, I should have done more research on this guy. <laughs> and um, he ended up not being able to fix the drone, but he, he gave me a brand new one because he has a lot of drone sponsors and everything. And so that was basically our first date was learning how to fly it and eating fish tacos the day before I left for Aruba. <laughs> oh, the day before. Oh my gosh. Wow. So. You came back and I bet, well, you were changed. Like, how did you, how did you pick back up after that? Well, then we had, I guess our second date, um, the day I got the next day after I got back and I, it was, I didn't know how to approach everything that I had just been through to really anybody, because unless you experience that for 23 days in Aruba, you don't, I feel like it's hard to grasp. Uh, mm-hmm. But I really wanted him to know, and I wanted to adequately try to explain it all. And so I tried that. And I mean, he loved listening to me talk for about an hour. <laughs> uh, and, but he has, yeah, I think my heart grew exponentially. I think, you know, I, I'm a better yoga practitioner. I am a yoga teacher now. I, uh, my heart has forever changed in the best way and more compassionate. Um, and he kind of matches all those things. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, cause I can imagine coming back from that. And I mean, it's almost similar, like coming out of bachelor. I mean, they're different obviously, but you're, you are sequestered Yes, <laughs> and you're having an experience that is different for anyone who wasn't there. And so it's like coming, coming from that place and, and sharing it's, you're really just sharing how it's impacted you. Um, I think I just wanted him to, to listen with an open mind and, you know, be engaged and ask questions. And he did all those things. Um, and just like, has he been able to travel with you? He, that was like our next date was basically going to Norway together. (laughs) (laughs) So going back to a previous question of yours, because I wanted to touch on this, um, uh, people, you know, I think The Bachelor has really honestly messed up my dating life and the and the fact that I take things way too fast. <laughs> and <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm used to speed dating. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. When are you going to put on a ring on my finger? No, that is so yeah. messed up. Oh, right. And so it was in okay. Norway when I realized like, okay, you need to slow down. You've known this guy for, I don't know. I mean, what seems like, you know, three or four weeks. Um but then when you add a month of, you know, yoga teacher training, I'd really known him for about two months at that point. And so, yeah. And then, and then we were in Norway together, but I think that's the most beautiful way to get to know somebody is to travel with them. Absolutely. It, it, I think it reveals true character in in all the good ways. Like, is this somebody who's going to want to do the same things? Do they want to have like, 
you know, hang out at the bar or they want to go hike on the mountain. You know, like those are, those are, both of them are fine, but they're fundamentally different. And it would be a bummer to have somebody who wasn't kind of in the same rhythm. Absolutely. So we, we travel very well together. He is an adventurer through and through just like me. And so, and he's, and he's in media. I mean, he's a great videographer and photographer. And so we honestly make a really, really good team. I was going to say, you have a built-in like guy there and... <laughs> here I am trying to set up a tripod for the past four years. <laughs> and um... Yeah. You're like, hey, and he, <laughs> yeah, like he brings out his like specialty camera. Yeah. Yes. See, you're, yeah, there's the, there's the, you already got, you already got like a growth happening there and passion and power and everything. Yeah. That's amazing. No, yeah. he really is. I'm very happy. So is he going to be traveling with you from now on or is that, is, is his schedule and job allow that? It sounds like he's a freelance. Yes. It definitely allows uh-huh. for travel with me, but I think it's so important to have your own distinct path at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he very much yeah. has his um, production company called Drone Gear and he's an aerial cinematographer for music videos, commercials, what have you. And so he can absolutely and very much needs to do his own thing from t- you know from time to time and has his own schedule. But when I say, hey, do you have uh, a week free to go to Norway? <laughs> he can also create his own schedule. So it, it works. That's amazing. So what is your, what's your travel schedule coming up? Like, how, and how do you determine that? Do people get in touch with you and say, hey, we'd like you to come check out our resort and write about it? Or how, how does it work for you? That's a good question. It has changed from the beginning until now. So when I was logging hour after hour on my couch in Argentina in 2014, uh, trying to make this profession work, I was reaching out to travel company after travel company, trying to you know, refine this pitch and see what companies liked and what they didn't like. And you know, just a slave really to my inbox and to this blog, trying to build it. So mm-hmm. I mean, that was me through and through reaching out to anybody that would listen. But nowadays, it's probably 70, 80% companies reaching out to me. And um, it's, it's beautiful. It's great. I mean, I'm going to Saudi Arabia in February. That's in February. But before that is this week is Australia to meet the family. Oh, wait, hold on. Back up. Wait, is he Australian? Australian. Did I, wait, I missed that. What? Okay. You have to marry him. <laughs> I I don't know why I'm like uh, what he's also okay yeah you got him at I love Australians I love Australians Me too Australians they're so fun they're, and just they're so fun you know they really it's I I think it you know you can generalize but I you know people think Americans are very friendly I think they are but Australians have a friendliness that is so like it's just so fresh and clean and and kind and it's just uncomplicated, I guess is the word. So uncomplicated is a great word. I feel like they're just like low key, a lot of, but fun energy and down for anything. Um, Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. These are the, I mean, like I've, I've, I've done um, a lot of traveling too and nothing like you, but I've been in, and I'm always coming across Australians because they have that everywhere. Like they're like, and taking off like a year, two years to travel is not, it's just, totally normal. And that's so cool to live in that, that with that sensibility all around you, because then it's like, you know, and you get in the States and it's like, people are like, 
we're, you know, they're working so hard to have two weeks off a year, to have three weeks off a year. It would never occur to them like, well, you could, you know, work for yourself and actually have more travel time. Like it just, it's not what people do. So it's just not normal. And therefore it's, it produces fear in people if a lot of other people aren't doing it, but it's such like that's there in their culture. All right. And you can't generalize or blanket, but I think times are changing and more and more people are being allowed to work remotely, which I think is great because we do as Americans, we're, we tend to be like robots a bit, you know, we're just like work, work, work. And you look at Europe or Australia and they're so good about travel and gap years. And, um, yes, I, I think yep. that is so, that can be so transformative and we can learn a lot from that. I agree. I mean, I, I, it's, I work for myself too. And, and I think that, you know, you were saying how you're, you were in Argentina and you were just sitting there and, you know, kind of like pounding the pavement, quote unquote, in terms of like reaching out to people. That's the stuff that people don't see the years of working and, um, having a passion and doing something alternative that requires your own, really your own wheels. And you gotta just do the work it's like, you have this, you know, beautiful career that's so interesting and dynamic now. And I'm sure many people would be like, whoa, this is amazing. But it's like, that's what they don't see is like the actual, like, yeah, there's some luck involved, but I don't know about luck. I think it's that you're confident and you're adventuresome and smart and you did the work, you know what I mean? Like the bottom, the bottom, you know, if you, there's, there's no easy path to get something that's really amazing. It doesn't mean that you don't have to enjoy it, but it takes hard work and determination. So what do you see for yourself? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, do you think about that um, in terms of like... I, I, you know, I do think about it, but I don't ever land anywhere, really. I mean, I mm-hmm. think, I, you know, I still want to be traveling, but do I want to keep the same pace? Probably not, because I know in the past, it's probably contributed to the downfall of relationships. Mm-hmm. And I want to learn from that. And uh, especially with this new relationship, I, I think it's so important to let that grow together, whether that be traveling together or at a home base together and not jetting mm-hmm. off somewhere for three, four weeks at a time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I go back and forth. I think I, I really kind of lived in the moment and lived in the present tense a lot through the past four years. And so because of that, you know, what is my five-year plan? Well, I, I I don't know, to be successful and healthy and happy with surrounded by the people I love. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think there are pros and cons to kind of living in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and my best friend and I had a discussion about this not too long ago. And she was like, you know, I admire you so much for always living in the moment. And I thought about that and I looked at her and looked at her healthy marriage and her beautiful home and how her lives were looked pretty different from an outsider. And I don't know. I feel like there's always that grass is always greener kind of feeling. And I hate that. Mm -hmm. I really, really. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just can't shake it. And, uh, you know, I do crave, you know, a family and home and roots and all of that. But I also try and I know the universe will give me that when I'm ready. And so I'm just going to continue on doing what I love, which is traveling and meeting all walks of life. 
We are so similar, by the way, (laughs) because I was exactly the same. I didn't have in my mind, like, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I mean, I knew I wanted that, but it wasn't a directive that I was doing things toward. It was more, and I still, I mean, I'm still to this day when somebody's, you know, asking me about when's your next retreat? When's your next training? When's your, I'm like, I'm just thinking about the next few days, <laughs> you know, or they're like, aren't you excited? You're going to blah, 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 you know, this exotic place. And I'm like, I will get excited when I'm on the plane. Like I just, I, right. I'm just like, and I, and I, but I like that about myself because I'm like, then I know I'm really actually here that I'm not like, I'm not in wander lust mode, not just like wandering, like to an exotic place, but I'm not an exotic place thinking about, like, I've also been on retreats where I've had people who are talking about their home life and instead of kind of dropping into the experience of being on this retreat. And I know it's hard for people because it is that grass is greener, like, oh, I'm here, but, you know, and so there is a real skill to be able to be present. And that's actually what we want. And I'd, so I, I applaud you because I, and I get it and I'm grateful that I have that because I've never kind of craved being or doing anything other than what I was yes, doing. I'm so glad to hear you say that. That's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I feel Yeah, but it is hard when you when you see the, you know, the alternative and like the friends that have this or that or um but I think yeah, you know yourself well enough, you know that everything, yeah, things are going to happen for you when you're ready um and you just keep on enjoying everything you're doing. Exactly. All the movement you're doing in all the good ways. All the movement. I love that word. All the movement. I know. I know. So we'll have to move together soon. Maybe I'll, I think it's probably better if I come join you somewhere. (laughs) I would absolutely love that. Um, I am coming to the East Coast in March. I would love to come see you in New Jersey. Please do come to my studio and we'll film a class together, take a class together. Take a walk in the woods with my dogs, my crazy dogs. And I would love that. Yes. Let's plan it. Okay, great. Um, I'll do that with uh, Emily, because you know I hired her as my assistant from uh, yoga teacher training. <laughs> oh my God. I know. It's such a great network of stuff. It it's so fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah, bring her. I love it. Oh, that's so great. Amazing. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for being such a great model of um, just a powerful woman who is not... Um, sitting back and letting life happen, but is taking everything into your own hands and making everything rosy, literally. Like you're you're in charge of your life. And I love this, all the messages that you're sending out to people that of positivity, of body positivity, of empowerment, um, of womanhood, and just, you know, not being scared of anything that life gives you, but instead looking at life as an adventure. I think that is hugely your message. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those words. I, I appreciate you. And I'm so happy to know you because you seriously made a big impact on my life. Um, and I'm so mm-hmm. happy we met last summer and I Thank have, you. you know, I think of you so often when I'm planning, um, different yoga classes and beyond yoga, you know, well beyond mm-hmm. yoga. So thanks for all you do. You're so welcome, honey. I love you and safe travels with the Aussie and I can't wait to meet him. (laughs) Soon, soon. All right. Thanks, Laura. Okay. Bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 